Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Airtime Glow Up, and I'm your host, Paige Loren. And if you see me looking off to the side here, I do just have notes on my laptop so I don't forget anything, because today's episode has a lot of uh, points and timelines, and I just don't want to miss anything, and I want to fill you guys in on my entire fitness story. So before we get into that, I will go ahead and just give you an intro of kind of my life, what's been going on, nothing too crazy. But with my training, as of right now, my coach has me focusing on growing my upper body. And then the plan is to, as we increase food, uh, focus more on growing my lower body. So it is kind of nice because for two reasons. One, I like training upper body more anyway. And then two, I, my legs were just so fatigued all the time with all of the cardio from prep. So it is nice to just kind of take like a little bit of a break there, but I am excited for growing my lower body. Um, the more we increase food and then, uh, this past, um, this past weekend was honestly super fun. So I had my first refeed post-show and me and Josh, my husband went to like an Asian market in Tempe and Tempe, Arizona. And we went to a place called, I believe it was called the sizzling plate and it was super good. They, the portion was massive. Um, it's nice because it was like authentic. I think it was Japanese. I think it was Japanese. I could be wrong, but, um, anyway, it was like authentic Asian food, Um, but it, it didn't leave you feeling like sick or like super heavy afterwards, which I'm all here for. So that was really fun. We were going to get brunch, but we just decided not to. We wanted to try this place instead. And then this weekend we are going to Utah. I wish I could say that it was like a relaxing trip, like a fun trip. And don't get me wrong. We're going to do some fun things while we're there, but it's mainly just to pick up our stuff. We have stuff at my sister-in-law's house that's been there for like a year and we need to get it at some point and bring it back. So that's like the main purpose of our trip. But yeah, so we are leaving. uh, Today is Wednesday when I'm filming this. So we're leaving Friday, driving all day Friday. And then let's just, let's just talk about Love is Blind season five. Can we just do that for a second here? What? what is happening? That's all I have to say. Every time I watch Love is Blind, I am just so baffled with like how many different personalities and relationships are, I guess, available to everybody. Um, I, me and my husband love watching Love is Blind together because we'll pause it like every, I don't know, maybe like five or 10 minutes and just talk about the different conversations or the different relationships or just how they word different things and we just analyze like everybody's personality and how they communicate. It's super fun. Uh, That might drive some people crazy, but we like love to just kind of do that together. So no spoilers because I'm only halfway through and I've only seen one of the weddings. So I need to finish that probably this weekend. But anyway, let's get into today's episode. So today's episode is about my fitness story. I have been meaning to do this, I guess, for a while now. Um, I have no idea how long this episode is going to be. It could be 
10 minutes. It could be an hour. We'll just see. I, um, I have an outline, but I'm sure I'll think of things along the way as I'm telling the story. I do have a couple of disclaimers before we get started. So, one, I just a trigger warning. I will be talking about eating disorders, um, mental health, and yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. And then I'm not really a trigger warning, but just kind of like a disclaimer. Um, I am not a mental health professional. I am not a psychologist. I am not a therapist or a doctor. I am a personal trainer and I am sharing my own personal experience with mental health and eating disorders and this is just my own from my own point of view at different points in my life so anybody that i mention in this story which i'm not going to use any names but any people that i mention i'm not trying to put them in a bad light i'm not trying to um make them seem like the villain or anything. It's just simply how I viewed it at the time and just my perception of, I guess, things that were happening. Um, And also with that being said, I realized that my viewpoint is going to be different than somebody else's and that's okay. I don't expect, um, you know, the people that I'm mentioning in my fitness story to like see things from my point of view, right? We're different people. So anyway, I guess let's, uh, let's just get into it. So I'll start with, um, I guess like from when I was a kid. And then once I get to to college, I kind of break it down by years. But when I was a kid, I did do recreational gymnastics for six years. And then Somewhere in the middle of there, my mom thought it would be a good idea to put me in a season of soccer, which I personally have never had great hand-eye coordination with like an object. So I'm very aware of my body and how it moves. And I think that's why gymnastics and bodybuilding now, and then also um, running later down the road, I feel like that's why like sports where I was using just my body weight, I really accelerated at. But then, um, yeah, hand-eye coordination was just not like my strong suit. So my mom put me in a season of soccer. And before I started it, I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't think I'm going to like it. And she was like, well, you need to at least try it. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I did the season of soccer. I will say throughout the season, I did find that I improved, right? Because I went to practice, I went to games, all that stuff. But at the end of the season, I told her, you know, I tried it. I didn't like it. Can I go back to gymnastics? And she was like, okay, fine. Yes. Thank you for trying it. It was kind of how that conversation went. So um, yeah, I... I really enjoyed gymnastics. It was just recreational, so I didn't do like levels or competitions or anything, but I feel like I do still have a lot of like the muscle memory and I was always very like flexible. Flexibility just kind of came naturally and I um, I feel like that's a skill that I'm super glad I developed, I guess, over the years. Um, then when I was 13, between 13 and 15 was when my parents got um, separated and they were going through a divorce. And, um, this is when I developed an eating disorder. And 
I will say up until my parents got divorced, I feel like I had a pretty like stable childhood, home life. My dad worked. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. And and so really like when I developed an eating disorder, um, it was definitely me trying to find a sense of control because I, I knew what stability was. And then all of a sudden, like my home life just felt broken. Um, and I, I will say like when I developed, cause I did develop anorexia when I developed, um, the eating disorder, I really don't think it started with malicious intent. I, b- the summer between eighth and ninth grade, I had definitely gained some weight. Actually, no, I think it was freshman and sophomore year. I don't know. Somewhere between 13, 14 and 15. I had gained some weight one summer really just due to like puberty, right? Like that's what happens. And so I definitely wanted to not just lose weight, but I wanted to feel better. And so I just started like eating a little bit less because I will say there was a point in time where during the divorce, I used food as a coping mechanism. And what I mean by that is I remember one day... I want to say it was in freshman year. I remember one day, every day after school, I came home and I ate like half a carton of ice cream. And it happened for like one or two weeks. And I remember at the end of one or two weeks, I was like, okay, what am I doing? (laughs) Why? Why do I feel the need to eat this much ice cream this frequently? Like, by all means, have your treats. That's all good. But like, For me, it wasn't a sense of balance and I knew I was trying to escape something. Um, So, you know, like I said, I don't believe that like the eating disorder started with malicious intent. I do think it, it started with some healthy choices and then kind of went into an eating disorder, just like the more extreme it became. So um, anyway, kind of going back to that, um, slowly I just started eating a little bit less, but then also making healthier choices and then exercising more because there was a period where I wasn't exercising a ton. So like those things were positive, but it's the fact that it became extreme that made it negative and made it toxic. And just to kind of put things in perspective, so this happened my sophomore year of high school is when I really, I was anorexic. Um, Not the entire year, but definitely part of the year. And so I am between 5'1 and 5'2, pretty short. I think I started around like 133-ish, 35-ish pounds. And that's honestly the heaviest I've ever been in my life. So I've never been, um, you know, I feel like I was kind of, thick or like bigger for my size at the time, but I've, that was the highest I ever got. So I started there and then within like probably four to five months, I lost about like 30 pounds, which on somebody who isn't like when you started a super high weight, it's less drastic if you lose two or three pounds a week. But because I was only starting at 135 and then I was also really short and then I was also only like 15, like just too many factors 
it, it was unhealthy for sure. So um, I believe my lowest weight was like 96, 95 pounds. So even then, again, between 5'1 and 5'2, even then I was never like drastically underweight. But for me, I was definitely unhealthy. Okay, I'm not trying to rationalize here, but I just kind of want to give you numbers to put things in perspective. Um, I was never hospitalized, thank goodness. I feel like that's such a blessing. But um, yeah, so that that's kind of just like where I was at. Um, and then that's when I, I want to say it was like I was almost done with my sophomore year in high school. And that's where I started my first round of ED recovery. And like I said, I was never hospitalized, but I did go to therapy, which really helped. And then um, I went to therapy, actually, I want to say once, no, two to three times a month. Sometimes it was weekly. I knew at one point it was weekly, which was nice. Um, But really, like, my recovery started with therapy, just being open and talking to my mom more. My mom was very supportive of my recovery and just wanting me to be healthy and then um eating more over time and then also just trying to see food as fuel because there was a point where like I did lose some weight and it did make some gymnastics easier but then I like it's kind of like you have to find that happy medium or like I lost weight to where it made gymnastics easier, but then I got to a point where the more weight I lost, the harder it became because I just didn't have energy and I was losing muscle. So um, I think realizing that like, oh, something that I love and enjoy is being affected and then also I don't feel good and also I'm tired and my social life is also suffering. There was just a lot of things where I was like, you know what? It doesn't make sense to keep doing this to myself if I'm, if I'm suffering in more ways than just like wanting to be thin, you know. Um, I really just tried to see it from like a a big picture. Um, So that was pretty much like my sophomore year of high school and then going into my junior year as well. And I remember between my sophomore and junior year, we had an apartment gym because we had moved out of our house with the divorce and then we lived in an apartment for a short amount of time there was an apartment gym and I would lift weights sometimes but it was it was very sporadic I mainly just did cardio during that time um and then in 2013 is when we moved from North Carolina I don't even think I said that I lived in North Carolina I grew up in North Carolina and I we moved to Idaho And let me just tell you, talk about a culture shock. Oh my goodness. So I definitely just like resonate with the East Coast a lot more than Idaho for sure. And um, yeah, that was that was really hard in itself. When I moved to Idaho, I honestly didn't know what to expect. I I I don't want to say I was hoping for the best, but I just kind of didn't really want to put expectations on it because when you put expectations, sometimes you're let down. So I kind of just went in open-minded and I was disappointed. I'm going to be honest. I really missed North Carolina after I moved to Idaho. Even though I met like tons of amazing people, it's not that. It was just the fact that it was cold, the culture shock, the 
you know, multiple other things. So when I moved to Idaho in 2013, it was in the middle of my junior year of high school. And I would say like from that time up until I left for college, I just kind of had a hard time managing my mindset around food. So even though I wasn't necessarily anorexic, I don't know why I did quotes, (laughs) even though I'm not necessarily anorexic, um, I just had a hard time like finding what my balance was with food, right? Like you could eat more and technically not be anorexic, but then you still have a, you're still challenged with like the mindset around food or how to view it as fuel instead of something bad. Um, So it was just kind of challenging for a few years there. And then also my therapist was in North Carolina. So I, and I never got into, I never found a therapist in Idaho. So it was just, it was just pretty hard. But I will say one thing that did not help was, and this is really where I, during this point in my life, my parents' divorce, moving across the country, and then also just dealing with specific family members. This is really where I learned how to set boundaries with people in my life, but also to family members specifically. So there would be multiple times where, this was in Idaho, where we would go to a family member's house. And let's keep in mind, this is like, one, two years post-ED, right? To where I wasn't anorexic, but I was still very much trying to navigate my view of food. And there would be multiple times where I would go over to a family member's house and they would either, one, like basically get triggered that I wasn't eating the food that they made, Whether, you know, sometimes, like, sometimes you go over to family members' houses for, like, holidays or whatever, and they make something, and you just, like, don't like it, and it's not that deep. You just don't want to have it, and that's fine. You don't have to eat everything that's there. And so, I would go to their house. They would constantly make comments about, like, why aren't you eating this? Why, you know, whatever it was. And there was either that or, looking back, it's just kind of crazy to, like, say it out loud. I had a family member say that I looked like a war survivor. I'm choosing my words carefully here, Um, but a war survivor because I looked so thin. And I just want to like reiterate that at this point in time when they were making these comments, I was not anorexic. I was struggling mentally, but I was, I was, I had my monthly cycle. I got regular doctor checkups. I was healthy. So it really was just like the mental aspect that I was trying to, like I said, navigate and figure out for myself. And so like, I realized looking back, I realized that those family members just maybe didn't understand what I was going through because I didn't talk to them about it. They don't really need to know. Um, it's, I didn't feel, I didn't really have enough trust to share that part of my life because it is personal and it is something that I wasn't ready to talk about with them. So the, just like, you know, I just have to realize that like not everybody's going to understand it. Um, 
and that's okay but like that's where I need to set that boundary and I just had to decide like okay well if you're gonna make these comments and I'm having a hard time with it in processing it as a 16 year old like I'm just not gonna go over to your house because this is really hard for me right now and I might get to a point where I can handle it but right now that's just like not I just can't do it right now. So that's and that's kind of how I dealt with it. Like when I was in high school, I was like, okay, well, I'm just not going to go over. You know, I'll just like stay home. And that honestly made it a lot easier because I didn't have to sit there for hours with them like badgering me about, you know, not eating food or or not even not eating food, like eating less food or um, like what I looked like or things like that. Um, yes. So, yeah. So, I I just kind of, the reason I'm saying that is because, like, it's really important to, even with family members, if you need to set healthy boundaries, that's okay. It doesn't mean that you don't like them. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. It's important to have those boundaries so that way you can, you know, protect yourself and handle whatever it is that you're, like, dealing with. Um, and I think boundaries, it's important to know that like boundaries aren't forever. They, they can be, but they don't need to be forever. But it is to protect you like while you're going through something. Um, and then this kind of led into, so I graduated high school in 2015. And then I kind of got into running. I was like, again, like I mainly just did cardio. I would do like 10 minutes of weights here and there at the end of my cardio session. Um, but then I got into running in 2016 or no, I I was already into running, but then I ran a half marathon in 2016 is what I should say. So that was honestly like super, I would say fulfilling to train for and actually do like the half marathon. And we ran the Salt Lake City half marathon. Um, will I ever do it again? Definitely not. I don't ever want to run that much probably ever again but I'm glad to say that like I could do it and I I actually got like a pretty good time I think my time was like it was under two hours I want to say it was like an hour and 50 or 45 minutes or something like that so I was pretty proud with the time because a half marathon is like 13 a little over 13 miles um that so right after literally the weekend after I ran the half marathon was my first semester of college. So I kind of just, after the half marathon, I really enjoyed the training and just like running that much. So I kind of just like continued with the training. Like I took a week off from running and then I would do like the three month training program that I had been doing. And then I would take a week off and just kind of like went through that cycle because I just enjoyed it, honestly. Um, and then my, so that was my first semester of college, my second semester of college. So this is where my ED resurfaced and I wish I could pinpoint like exactly what made it resurface for me, but I think it really just came down to, again, just trying to find that sense of control and during that semester, I was, it was definitely an, an intense semester. So I was taking 17 credits. I, 
um, had five roommates and I just remember kind of like the overall vibe of the semester was just chaos. Um, and so I really think that contributed to it. Um, and I think also, I don't know if this really contributed to it, but I think just like wanting to run more and more and more, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but yeah, I, I really think it was like the semester as a whole was just like a little too much for me and I didn't quite know how to cope with it. Um, 2017, made it to 2017. This is the year I finally got it together once and for all, not once and for all, but I finally got it together like long-term. And for me, so at this time I had been in like a few serious relationships. Um, and for me, I just kind of came to the conclusion for myself, um, that I really wanted to get this under control before I got into another serious relationship or I got married. And it, you know, I just wanted that as like a non-negotiable for myself. Now, I just want to say like, I work with people who are struggling with EDs and they are married. And I've talked to people who are still struggling and, you know, they're in a relationship or whatever it is. And I'm not here to judge. I'm not saying that like, it's like, you know, you should have figured that out before you got married. No, definitely not. Like everybody is on their own journey and that is right. Like we're all, we're all different. But for me personally, that's just something that I wanted to do before, you know, jumping into another relationship. Just really like get it figured out. I think it was because I had, I had gone through it for a second time. I was like, okay, I really just need to get it together before I need to figure out myself before I'm adding somebody into my life and I just don't want to take this with me into a relationship that that's my own that was my own personal view of how I wanted to handle it myself um so yeah uh like I said that was just like a non-negotiable for me um and I had I think so really what what helped me get through it this second time in 2017 is for me, I have a really easy time hyper-focusing on one thing. Like I don't get distracted very easily. So I have a, I, I'm just able to like dial things in, focus on one thing at a time. And yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, and so I think I really just, I reflected on like the previous semester and I just wanted to make this time around different from the time before. And it probably helped that like I was an adult now and not in high school and like I had more control over my life. So I'm sure that like there was multiple factors that played into it. Also, my brain was like more developed than in high school. So there was multiple factors that played into it. But I think I just had to, one thing that really helped is I changed my focus from shrinking myself, wanting to be thinner, running more, or just like doing more cardio to, okay, what is going to benefit me long-term, like in my life? And that's really just where I started um, using machines in the gym. 
and I would do incline walks for cardio but I tried to take a break from like you know running or like intense cardio just to give myself a break mentally and physically so at you know at this point I think I would lift for maybe like 25 30 minutes and then I would do like an incline walk for 35 or 40 minutes so it was And even then, I remember, I remember lifting for like 25 minutes and being like, wow, this is like such a long time. (laughs) And it's so funny because like I would only lift for like 10 or 15 minutes before and then I had made it to like 20, you know, 20, 25 minutes. And now I lift for like over an hour. Anyway, just funny how like the viewpoint changes over time. But um, yeah, so that's kind of what my like workouts looked like. And I felt good. I felt stronger I tried to just like do different like muscle groups or machines in the same area of the gym so I I didn't use weights like free weights at all I just used machines that's really like where I started and I was in I was in a pretty good place I think it had been like three or four months since you know the ED I had decided to I guess recover again with the eating, eating disorder. And, um, at this point I then got briefly engaged. And the reason I say briefly is because it was very short lived and that's pretty much it. But one thing I will say, one thing that like the, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because it is, it matters to the story. But when I got briefly engaged, um, he would constantly make comments about he didn't like that I went to the gym, you know, five days a week. And I knew I was in a really good place. I knew that I was improving. And so, and just like getting stronger and really, I felt like I was really conquering the eating disorder. And so it hurt, you know, like how somebody that you're going to spend the rest of your life with and they're like, tearing down your hard work over the last few months that you had to work so hard to go through and get to for the second time. So it just like it it really sucked honestly. So I think my breaking point was where we were coming home from like a date and he said when we're married I think it's completely irrational for you to go to the gym every day at 5 a.m. Excuse me, what? Sir, no, straight to jail. What are you talking about? And so I responded with, it's not irrational because I'm already doing it and you could come to the gym with me. <laughs> like, what's stopping you? I'm like, the, it, it's a win-win, right? Like we both work out, we see each other. Like, what's the big deal? So he responded with something like, or later he admitted that he had like body image issues and I don't know, other insecurities that he was working on. And I don't even know if he was working on them, but that he struggled with. And it kind of like, it kind of just baffled me because as somebody who literally struggled with an eating disorder, I get having body image issues or having insecurities like... That's why I'm working on myself and I'm going to the gym and I'm trying to get stronger and I'm trying to recover. And I think that's why that was my breaking point is because 
as soon as I heard that, I was like, this person doesn't even see that, like, I am putting in the work to get better. This, if, like, if you're not going to support me in this, then that's, that's your issue. I know I'm doing the right thing. I know I'm on the right path. I feel good. I, I'm liking how I look, you know, more. Not that that matters all that much, but, like, I'm liking how I look. And it, that's kind of when we ended it because for me, the gym, oh, I think that's another thing too, is when we ended it, I realized I was like, I need to be with somebody who's into the gym. It, it, it doesn't need to be like hardcore bodybuilder weightlifting, even though that's like who I'm married to now. Um, but like you need to be active. It's important that a significant other is active, takes care of themselves and like physical health is important, especially if you want to live a long time. So that's really like when it kind of became a non-negotiable for me. I was like, yeah, I need somebody who's into the gym, um, which was a really eye-opening, I guess, eye-opening relationship, honestly. Um, and then 2018, so that was 2017, 2018 is really when I would say weightlifting took off for me. Not took off, but just like, I guess, started. So... 2018 is the year before I graduated with my bachelor's in public health. And at this time, I had to have a conversation with myself and be like, baby girl, what are we doing with our life? Because at this point, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my public health degree after college, right? And I feel like everybody kind of goes through that stage, but I literally had no idea. I knew that public health interested me. But also, like, working in a, like, a hospital wasn't super appealing. Um, Thank you to everybody who does. But, like, for me, I was just like, I don't know if I want to do that for the rest of my life. So, I just, I was like, man, I really got to get it together. Because graduation is in, like, a year. So, I was registering for classes and I came across the strength and conditioning class and I was reading through the description and I was like, wow, that sounds cool. And then I was like, wait a minute, I have to lift weights in this class. I don't know how to lift. And then immediately after I thought that, I was like, wait, that's why I'm taking the class is to learn. So I registered for the class and thank goodness I did because this class literally changed my life, not to be dramatic. This class made me want to be a personal trainer and gave me so much purpose in what I wanted to do in a career and help people, you know, better themselves, better their lives, all of the above. Um, And then it also set me up for like an internship on campus, which was very convenient. And just so many positive things happened after, after I decided to take that one class. Crazy how that happens. But between now or 2018 and now, I would say not much has like really changed. Um, I mean, lots of things have changed, but not necessarily in a training sense. Um, I, I mainly just kind of went back and forth between like bodybuilding and going through like spurts of running. Um, but most recently, as you guys as you guys know, if you've listened to like the last few episodes, 
I have been consistently bodybuilding for a year and um, it's something that I continue to do for, you know, the next few years and something that I truly love. I feel like it's just given me a lot of purpose in the gym. Um, I honestly don't think I'll ever go back to like long distance running, but you never know, honestly. So yeah, that's pretty much my um, fitness story, timeline, I guess you could call it. And one thing I just kind of want to wrap up with here is um, even though I did struggle with an eating disorder, I try not to, I'm sure I've said it a couple times in this episode, but I try not to label it as my eating disorder or like, for example, like my anxiety or like my, and then the thing you're struggling with. And the reason I don't do that or try not to do that is because you, like your challenges don't define you and you are not your challenges. Um, You have so much more to offer than, you know, the things you go through and the things you are challenged with or struggle with. Those are just experiences and they don't need to be like the basis of who you are as a person. So just kind of want to leave you guys with that. Um, Let me know what you thought about this episode. I do plan on doing an episode about just my eating disorder because I feel like there's so much more I could talk about and could go into, but I, I wasn't sure how long that would take. So I do plan on doing a separate episode for that one, but I hope you guys liked this episode. Let me know what you think in the comments or just in a review and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.